When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up, but it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hey everyone, welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Rowe. Uh, there's a lot to do tonight, and tonight's ENN is brought to you by the Perf- Fighters League. I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Don. The Mariners. And good evening to myself. Kevin in Monticello. Again, Don, another day where I said nothing worthwhile. Uh, I'm sad. Don, good evening. It's raining! Dear God! Thank you for that video, by the way. It was very nice. And good evening to Don. Put on a poncho that costs five cents and makes you look ridiculous. And good evening to Don again. You know what? Just stand there and just get wet. It was a tremendous end of the show. We did have a little bit of a sprinkle, which actually was pretty welcome. It was. I like weather, Don. I'm into weather, Don. As you get older, there'll there'll be weather, Peter, soon. Uh, I, you know what? I already look more than I used to, Don. I do. Oh, it's going to get well. You once once you get married, if you you have kids, you know, seeing how the weekend's going to be, and then then you'll get to me where like after the weather on the news, which is usually like between eleven seventeen and eleven twenty, then you wrap it up, go to bed. The, my problem is getting through the first fifteen minutes of murder, death, and mayhem. That's the I can't do it. I, I I respect our local news journalists. I know the work they put in. I can't watch your craft. I cannot. It, Don, every night I watch the news, I'd go to bed thinking I live in Gotham City. I can't do it. Maybe yes. I'm in denial, but I can't do it. Well, I mean, I don't blame them. No, it's not their fault. It's it's never good news. It's always you know. Right now, if you were to like put odds, you're you're not winning any money. If you think somebody getting shot is going to lead the news, no, of course not, and and or, or something worse, you know, or something. Re- and I, you know what? Let me not say it's not all their fault. It's not the reporters' fault. The news outlets is it their fault? Is it the big media companies' fault? Well, yes, the tone has been set that if it bleeds, it leads. But Don, it's interesting. Particularly with local news, it's if it bleeds, it leads. Because it's not like when you turn on uh, the nightly news or the national news programs, ABC News Tonight, it's not like you immediately see violence first every day. They cover the biggest political story, yeah. the, the biggest well, news generally. But in local news, I mean, it, the more morose the story is, oh my God, let there be a fire. You know, let there be something really tragic with children involved. You're finding out the second the show starts. You want to know 
where because you live in this community that's the difference between the local and the national news is that most likely you live in that community in which you're watching the news you want to know what's going on and if there's violence or something you want to kind of know i don't want to know but now like the, the best case scenario is that you know there's there there's a bear loose with rabies or something like right like, that would be that, good that's like that's the feel-good story well unfortunately the bear would also have polio and monkeypox, which is <laughs> what's worrisome dear All right. god so, Don, what do you think? You, do you think we take a step away from baseball for a moment and go to the Deshaun Watson, or do we stay with baseball right here? What's your preference? Let's um, let's stay with baseball. We're going to start baseball and yeah. then go Watson. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with the New York Yankees. Uh, Garrett Cole got roughed up a six-run first inning. Here's Not Aaron, good. Here's Aaron Boone after the game on Cole's rough start. Right away, you're up against it there. You know, Santana gets, he, I think, he fell behind again and trying to go away and just kind of pulls that heater in a, when he's down in the count and Santana didn't miss it. Then he hung the breaking ball to Crawford with two strikes there and then two strike change up there to Kellenic. So just a tough inning where he was struggling to, I think, just find his, find his command and his rhythm and getting all his pitches. And, you know, unfortunately, we're behind the eight ball there. And then obviously, you know, pitch really well from there. So we've got to find a way to just, you know, when you're going, Going through a little struggle there to obviously limit some damage, and that's hurt us from time to time here of late in some of our starts, you know, instead where those crooked numbers are getting us. See, uh, and why is Cole struggling, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, that's what we got to dive into a little bit more because that's what's kind of hurt him a little bit is the beginning. I mean, it's been mostly dominant, even in those games like today where he obviously had a bad inning where it's hurting him, you know, or coming off the last start where he's cruising along, bad inning, although last, you know, last start was a little bit of kind of unlucky, wonky a little bit, you know, but it's on all of us to, you know, make sure we were able to limit the damage while we're finding our way a little bit. And. Uh, somebody reminded me on Twitter to one of the um, outings. There was a double play that kind of Falefa didn't turn that hurt. Uh, I, there's always going to be reasons. All right. This is why Aaron Boone is so savvy. And I'm glad you played that second cut. Okay. Because there's a big difference between what went wrong and why it's going wrong. Because what went wrong? Oh, yeah. He's going to, you're, you're almost bailing the manager out, right? Or the head coach. Cause then he'll just go over everything that went wrong. Well, we saw what went wrong. Now we want to know why it went wrong. And that's why the New York reporters are so great, because then that's the follow-up. All right, why? Why is he hanging that slider? Why is he falling behind an account? Why? We see it, but we want to know why. And that's the tougher question, because I don't think they know. I don't think Cole knows. Well, they spoke to Garrett Cole and asked him um, what his approach was in the first. You know, I was just... I was just kind of trying to focus, you know, we come out with, you know, well-executed first batter, and the second batter, um, you know, I think between Winker and Santana, there were some non-competitive pitches, but there were a handful of pitches that were very close that were not getting um, reactions, I think, that we were anticipating on. Um, in translation, I'm not fooling anybody because it's like the reaction supposed to be, wait a minute, you're supposed to swing through that or you're supposed to foul it off or you're supposed to take it and be fooled. And, and they're, they're, I guess they're not being fooled. Well, he was asked uh, about throwing so many curveballs in the first inning. Last week, it was such a weapon for us. Maybe that was something that somebody watched. 
Um, and today we just weren't able to find the strike zone with it uh, when we wanted to, and then we weren't really to, able to get out of the strike zone. I mean, I guess Crawford, you know, I'm, I'm you know, Frazier just touches everything. It's just, you know, the kind of player that he is. You put him on the ground softly and he finds a hole through the shift. But falling behind both Santana and Winker with, you know, kind of challenge curveballs just underneath the zone. And, and, and again, there were a couple of very short ones there that were non competitive. But, you know, just we got fires on those last week. We didn't get fires on them this week. You know, we know they're a relatively patient team. Um, you know, and they picked their spots to swing. And, and you know, they just um, they seem to. Just, you know, aggressive pitches just outside the zone weren't getting flinches and then having to come in the zone with, and they were anticipating us being the zone. It's just like we were, well, we were just a step behind. Their answers. Their words. No, there are words being said. Words are being people. said. He's answering the question. Um, but it's pitching is really tough. You know, it's not like, you know, hit the open receiver or hit them where they ain't. You know, you're, the idea is to either overpower the batter, which he has the ability to do, or fool them. And right now, they're not fooling them, or he's not fooling them to the level that uh, fans expect. Now, speaking of uh, Yankee pitching, Jordan Montgomery is gone, mm-hmm. and he was asked how he found out about being traded. Booney called me into his office, had cash on the phone, and they dropped the news. Yeah, pretty shocked. Will he miss the Yankees? I mean, these are my this is my family. This is all I know. I've been playing with the same guys for years. I'm going to miss Higgy. I'm going to miss Judge. I'm going to miss J-Mo. Gotten a new. Some great trainers. Fonzie's taking great care of me. Um, become one of my, my best friends. It's just kind of tough. Aaron Boone was asked how losing Montgomery will affect the team. Well, I mean, he's been a staple in the rotation for a few years now, so... You know, it, it, it definitely impacts it. You know, obviously we've added Frankie Montas who will join us in, in St. Louis. So that kind of takes that place. Feel confident we're going to get Seve back, you know, in September. And obviously Domingo's back now. So, I mean, the way it impacts, he's out of the, you know, he's not in our rotation anymore. So, I mean, the biggest part of it is just kind of that sadness of, of seeing a guy that you love and that you've been through a lot with and that's done a lot for this team and this organization. And... You know, kind of coming out of nowhere today where that happens. And, you know, it's hard It's hard delivering that news and saying goodbye. It seems sports How are a little more touchy-feely than they've been in the past. I want to ask, goodbye. I want to ask Bar- Aaron about this tomorrow. You know, listen, it, it is tough, Peter. I mean, listen, they're all making a lot of money and they're, they're playing a it's game. It's still hard to leave. But sure. come on, one minute you're a Yankee and you love it, and you might be competing for a world championship, and and, and you get traded. Listen, you can still maybe pitch more and have more of an impact for, for the Cardinals. But the point is, is that how would you feel, Peter? You're in New York. You've established yourself. You're looking for a place to live. You're engaged, and all of a sudden, oh, the uh, we've just sent you to Cleveland to do radio. All right. Have fun. Hope works out for you, pal. You know, uh, okay. So now I've got to find a house in Cleveland. Or maybe I don't want to live in Cleveland. You know. But I got how many years left on my contract? Like so, you could feel for them. But it does seem like back in the day, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, just an observation. The back of the day, it was like, okay, goodbye, we moved on. He's he's gone. Now we're bringing in somebody else. So. But now you the, the social media, the goodbyes. But also, that's not. I mean, that's they they not... send a good like a goodbye to Gallo, and we, we're going to miss him. Like they really seem to go out of their way 
to, to, to say goodbye. And I guess that's a good thing, but that's something I think that's kind of relatively new in sports. I mean, that is the, that is Boone's style, too. Well, we've talked about it a million times. That's one of the reasons he's here, right? I'm exactly. sure. I, I, I'm sure that Montgomery appreciates it, and I'm uh, more than sure that everybody else around baseball goes, "Hey, that's that's nice that uh, they basically told a player we don't need you, we're trading you away," but then spend time in a press conference the next day talking about how much they're going to miss him and how much they love him and 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 wish him luck in his new with his new team. That's that's cool. Jacob Degrom back last night for the Mets. And uh, did not look like he missed a step. He threw 59 pitches. 46 of them were strikes. Gave up one run on three hits, six strikeouts, zero walks in five innings. He exited the game with a no decision, and the Mets, of course, eventually lost. They, the offense they've put up today, Don, they were not able to find that yesterday. I know. That's baseball, right? Can't carry it over. Everything's, everything's finding a hole. Everything's working out. It's just a Grom, man. Yeah, for some reason, when he's on the hill, the other makes no just sense. Don't come. I know that the the logic sometimes is well, maybe it, because he's such a good pitcher that they don't feel like the the pressure to to supply a lot of offense because he's so good. But God, there's there's a difference between not as much and not and nothing. I mean, they had 32 hits in the, in the two games leading into that. They're, they're raking today with eight runs. Yep. And and the day you pick to score one and get one extra base hit is, is the day that he's on the mound. Different players, different managers, the same thing. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So let's go to the NFL. Do it. Um, The NFL is appealing the judge's decision on Watson's suspension. They want it to be a stiffer punishment. Here's Schefter on NFL Live talking about how the NFL is looking to show a strong stance against sexual assault. The judge in her decision wrote that Deshaun Watson's behavior was egregious and it was predatory. Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, continues to insist that he's done nothing wrong and has not shown remorse during this process and doesn't believe he has to because he still doesn't think that he did anything wrong. And you've heard him talk on multiple occasions how he wouldn't mistreat women that's not the way that he was raised. Now, I think where the public is having a hard time squaring all this, and the NFL is especially bothered by the appeal as evidence of that, is the fact that we look at the league's history and we look at some of the players who were suspended. And yes, this was the justice who made this decision, not the NFL, not the NFLPA. Justice Sewell Robinson handed down the six-game suspension. But the fact of the matter is the six games still was the same amount of time as DeAndre Hopkins got for a failed PED test. It was less than what Calvin Ridley got for betting on his team gambling online. Now, again, those are policies the league had in place. So it seems a bit inconsistent, but what you can say is the NFL's policies treated gambling 
and PEDs and steroids more seriously than acts like this over time. And I think the NFL recognized that loophole and is trying to address that here by appealing this particular decision, moving it forward and trying to get Deshaun Watson suspended indefinitely. Let's uh, real quick, Don, let's hear from Diana Rossini, also on NFL Live, um, what the reaction is from Watson's camp. They don't have much to say. They have been disappointed from the start based on the suspension handed down to Deshaun Watson by Sue L. Robinson. That six games, they thought that was too much to begin with. So you can imagine how they feel now that that's been appealed and perhaps the hope from the league would be a much harsher suspension that, of course, we know going back to the start of all this when the league recommended one year. So for right now... They don't have any comment on the record that they wanted to share about how they felt, but the plan has been, that being the Watson team teaming up with the NFLPA, to sue the NFL back in court if they were to appeal this decision by Sue Robinson. And from what I can understand, this seems to be the path that will continue now that we know the result here, which is that fact that the league is appealing this. So this could be a long legal road that we need to all be prepared for. But for right now, we just need to wait and see what happens in terms of court and who files what next. Now, what I wanted to say about the loophole. The NFL created that loophole by being lenient on sexual harassment. All the gambling, that was easy to put in there. But historically, they have not been hard enough on on these on these types of uh, acts. And now it's come back to bite them. So they could call it a loophole, as Adam Schefter put it, but it's a loophole that exists because of them. Well, it's it's what they prioritize. Right, it's what they prioritize. They, so, the integrity of the game is more important to them than the integrity of the players and how they behave towards women. But this to me is like, man, if we played a cut earlier, tempted to we should, maybe we should play it one more time. Um, let's let's listen to this one because if you listen to Schefter, who's clearly getting the information, he's as connected as anyone directly from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. Listen to the messaging the NFL's trying to send here and think about that relative to the way they've handled so many things in the past. Um, it's the second cut, Anthony. Schefter on the league not being happy with the judge's decision. It decided to take a stand against the judge's decision to stand up for what it believes is right. And the judge wrote that the NFL proved that Deshaun Watson was guilty of sexual assault, that he posed a threat to the women around him, and that he compromised the integrity of the National Football League. And six games is not enough in the NFL eyes. The NFLPA will have plenty to say about this as well. It has two days to respond to the NFL's appeal of this decision. And again, this now is just beginning. You take a look at the appeal process there on the board. As we just mentioned, the NFLPA having two days to respond. Three outside experts make recommendations to Commissioner Goodell or his designee. Goodell or his designee makes the final decision on the length of the suspension. And I want to reiterate, in the NFL's eyes... Six games was not enough. It was not near enough. The NFL is seeking an indefinite suspension. It was not happy about six games. In fact, Mm. I was told it was very, very disturbed about the judge's decision. And now the NFL will seek to impose once again its own form of justice. Mm. 
So you really hear the messaging from the NFL. They are trying to prove a point here. It's just interesting that Watson is the one who's going to, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to pay a price, but it seems like Watson's going to pay a very heavy price when many others didn't pay nearly as heavy a price. And also, I'm I'm sure the NFL doesn't like to be told what to do. Uh, I think they're kind of used to doing whatever they want when it comes to disciplining players, right? The, um, the, The PA has been toothless compared to other players associations around um around sports and obviously dwarfed by uh the players association of major league baseball so there's probably a little ego there too it's a pr saying hey yeah we're outraged all of a sudden now they're outraged by this behavior and they're going to make an example of watson when they didn't for years but also they probably don't like being told what to do and of course we lost an icon the great vin scully the 67 year broadcaster of the Los Angeles Dodgers and Brooklyn Dodgers has passed away at 94 years old. Here's his call of Barry Bonds 71st home run back in 2001. The 1-0 pitch on the way, the fastball hit into deep right center field. It is a way out and gone. There it is, number 71. And uh, the the outpouring of love and respect for Vin Scully was all over the sports world today and what we'd like to do is to pay tribute to Vin by playing our interview with him next from a few years ago Don it was one of the true treats of doing Mm -hmm. this job that we got to talk to him so that's what we're going to bring to you next and that will do it for ENN which is brought to you by the Professional Fighters League back on Friday August 5th watch MMA's League live from the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden Buy tickets now on pflmma.com. If you did not hear it or if you did hear it, this interview with Vin Scully is a treat to listen to. Every word that he says is somehow compelling and interesting. That's coming up right here on Yes and 98.7 ESPN.